to Don't Die Before You're Dead. I am your host, Mary McCartney, and this is where we talk about all things related to living the life we are meant to live. Many of us get trapped. Many of us feel that we don't have choices. However, we are the accumulation of the choices that we've made in our life. And basically, we're looking at the idea of saying, what choices are you going to make that are going to allow you to reach for a full life, that you don't have the regrets when you are sitting there in your rocking chair on the porch or wherever you happen to be? And my guest today knows what it's all about in terms of reaching for your dream. Now, mind you, uh, she had some extenuating circumstances, but I think most of us do. I mean, we're motivated by different things, and I think my guests would agree. So today I'd like to welcome Mara Alipur to my show as she has a phenomenal story that had to uh, motivate her into changing her life. So welcome, Mara. I won't say anything more because I think that's uh, your job. And I really appreciate you coming and sharing with my re- my listeners today. So welcome. Uh, hi, Mary. And um, I'm so excited here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you and both uh, with your audience. Well, that's super, Mara. You are a phenomenal young woman. And it seems as though now is the time to start looking at your life in a futuristic sense. It's kind of late if you get to the time where you're like, you're my age, because there's not a whole lot of opportunities left to make some changes. So for lack of a better term, could we say maybe you had a more of an awakening at a, a young age that prompted you to make some changes? So can you share with us, like what brings you to this place where you are right now? Uh, well, thank you for asking that. <laughs> that that's a uh, yeah. That's that's a big question. Well, um, I I was diagnosed with uh, a self immune um, condition, which was super painful, and it was all in uh, my joints. I had swollen joints uh, when I was in my thirties. I had a toddler at that time and I was working um, long hours, super hard, um, very much under stress. And uh, I had pain all over my body and um, the doctors didn't know what was happening. So one day I realized that I can hardly uh, stand up from the chair that I was sitting at. And um, then um, I... I, I got a number of appointments from, from different doctors and one of them found out that, okay, this is a self-immune thing. And um, I started my medication. So uh, life was not easy at that time. I, I couldn't um, take care of myself, forget about my toddler. <laughs> so uh, one thing I realized that uh, was nobody knew where this, a condition is coming from. We didn't have it in our family. I was the only one. And uh, nobody could tell me what was really wrong that I was in that big pain. Uh, But one thing that I found out about self-immune disease that it is coming from a lot of uh, stress, long long term uh, stress, and also um, self-destruction or uh, self-criticizing. And, and now, 
you were experiencing that in your in your position like you had you had a history of carrying a, a fair amount of stress and of course you know who doesn't have a lot of stress when you're dealing with a, a toddler to look after but also the fact that um you know you you had a stressful job as well now you if i understand correctly and i remember correctly you were not living in canada at the time were you no, I was living uh, back home in Iran. And um, yes, I, I uh, agree with what you said. And also on top of that, I would like to add that I was super serious in life. I was not taking life easy. I was not happy. I was criticizing myself all the time and beating myself up for so many things that was not happening the way I wanted to. Now I look at it as uh, as a wake-up call. Mm -hmm. So I realized that something is fundamentally wrong in my head, and this is something that I should fix because my condition was not only in my joints. The joints were just a symptom of what was happening in my Head and how I was looking at life and how I was carrying myself. So I decided, um, alongside with taking the medication, I decided to uh, go for counseling sessions. And I take that very seriously, started reading um, self-development books, a little bit of psychology books, uh, working on myself and on my mindset. and. Um, Slowly, things started to happen. Medication was working, and it took me eight years. Uh, but fortunately, now I'm healthy, and I don't have to. Take, I don't have to take any medication. That's excellent, Mara. Now, what led you to the personal development um, route? You know, many people know that there's a lot of self, that there are a lot of self-help books. I, I do a whole session in some of my workshops about, you know, we don't have support personally face to face, but there's, there are all kinds of allies is what I like to call them in the libraries, in that personal development section. What was your key motivating factor in taking that route? Was that part of seeking the counseling and then going the one step further? Uh, definitely counseling was super important, um, but I think that was not the only thing. Uh, it is also coming from the way that I look at life. I think we are here for a reason. We are here to learn, to grow, and make, make this world a better place. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't happen if we don't grow ourselves. True. So it starts with us. Mm -hmm. If I am not taking care of myself, if I'm not growing, I wouldn't be able to impact others positively. So um, that was also a motive for me to learn and to grow because I think if I get stagnant in life, then there's no life. Mm -hmm. 
Now, is that no life for you personally? Some women, I think, it seems to be the stereotype that it's the women who give everything of themselves for others. But like you're saying, if we're not growing and we're not looking after our own development, then we become stagnant and what can we give others? So you took a, a you took the lack of a better term, a very progressive approach to care for yourself in order to care for others. Yes, that, that is how, that's how I see life. Mm-hmm. I believe being stagnant is being, um, is being not thankful enough to the universe or to God, whatever you want to call it. Being stagnant is ignoring the gift that we we have been given. Mm-hmm. That, that's my point of view. Well, I very much agree. That's uh, that is one of the reasons why I, you know, I wanted to hear that from you because some people can settle into a life that has been orchestrated or designed for them and fail to break free of that when they realize that that's not what they feel their purpose is. You were in a situation where that might have occurred to you that you had um, you had a lot of preparations. That's not the right word. You had a lot of expectations of what your life was going to be until you, you recognized that that really wasn't your purpose. Is that true? Yes, it is true. And uh, I like that you mentioned uh, orchestrated life. Uh, That was also me at some point of time because I was born in a family, in an entrepreneur family. We had our own family business. And um, the, the expectation was that I should work in that business. And there, there was nothing wrong with the business. It was uh, a, a chemical, um, and we were in, in chemicals, producing chemical, and um, it was ethical, everything was fine, business was doing fine. And at some point of time, I was thinking that I should do this, and I was thinking that I love to do this, but that was not aligned with who I, who I was and who I am today. And I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, um, I am brought up in, in an environment, in a culture that you should be respectful for uh, the el- elderly, which is a good thing. But to the extreme point, sacrificing um, what you really want, what what your passion is, and in in that culture, especially as a woman, you are expected to uh, behave in a certain way, way, be a good girl, be um, the stereotype of <laughs> a wonderful woman who mm-hmm. sacrifices herself for the family and put family first and ignore who she really is. Although my family was not promoting this kind of culture, but it was very much uh, woven into the whole 
um, social interactions, the stories that was um, in, in the culture. And it was something, I can say it was in our blood yeah. to follow that path. And um, I believe when I was diagnosed with the self-immune condition, it was a wake-up call to look at everything from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Do I really love what I do in this company? Is it really aligned with who I am? Should I follow um, the fa family path? Or I'm totally a different person and I, I, should, I should do something else. Probably this industry is not good for me. Probably I should do something totally different. And I'm telling you, it was not easy to start from scratch after years of uh, experience in chemical industry, um, being a chemical engineer, studying hard for that, working 17 years um, in chemical industry. When I um, immigrated to Canada, I started, uh, I, I decided to start all over again. Let me, um, let me just stop you for a minute there, Mara. Sure. Um, I, I'm really interested to hear the transition because it's so huge. And I know that you had a lot of cultural barriers because, you know, I mean, let's face it, we are a very diverse population in the world and our experiences and our history, they make up who we are. But I think there would probably be a, a, a number of listeners who experience the the family pull and the responsibility and and it's you know the magnetism and and what kind of keeps you stable in that position how did your family react I mean obviously you know you had health issues that were screaming at you you know no one in your family would want to see you uh totally stressed out to the point of being in in such pain but not only did you leave the family business but you also left your country and, you know, came here, which, you know, and again, another big move. And I'm glad you've already mentioned that you're not on medication. Your health is improved and, you know, your family must be really rejoicing over that. But some people will make excuses about why they can't do things. And here you are with huge pulls on you as an individual. What was that like trying to maneuver through that transitional period well that's a great question i believe the hardest part in um, making a change is the decision and uh, the commitment especially uh at the early stages so uh, my brother came to canada 15 years earlier before i come and um, because of my education with uh, a Canadian university, uh, I have an MBA with a Canadian university. I was able to come to Canada a lot earlier. But I was thinking that I want to make a difference in my home country. Mm -hmm. I want to um, be free in my own country. And um, I, I have never been a political person, and I'm not right now. Um, but I wanted to make a difference back home in, in Iran. Um, but it took me 
a few years, I can say like 15 years after my brother to realize that probably I'm not able to make the impact that I want to do because of so many reasons, because of uh, the political situation of the country or uh, even the dominant culture. So I decided to look within and make myself a better place, uh, sorry, make myself a better person so that I can make a better place at least around me. Mm-hmm. Not, not in the whole country, but I, I thought if I make myself a better person, a happier person, a healthier person, then I would be able to affect my son, to affect mm-hmm. my husband. And it is needless to say that when I wasn't happy, my husband wasn't happy too. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. not a wonderful wife. I was yeah. not a happy and funny mom. So I decided to look within and take responsibility of who I am right now, Mm -hmm. make myself a better person so that I can become a better um, wife, a better mom, and probably a better daughter. Well, there's a saying saying that says, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So, (laughs) you know, it is important to understand. that we live a much fuller life if we have that joy in our hearts, but we also, you know, we are here for an example. So whether you're changing your whole country of Iran, obviously the the life that you live, it, you are a role model. May, you know, maybe you are touching lives back home that you don't even know about. They're just, you have become part of their story and, understanding that maybe they don't need to leave maybe they're not going to be you know as as forward thinking as you are to come here but maybe they will take more control of their own personal destination because of the role model that you have set for them so I sometimes I think the impact we make is bigger than we realize and I I don't know about you but a lot of times I feel the responsibility of of what what messages I'm sending out, whether it's, you know, as public and vocal as this or whether it's much more subtle. And so you are speaking loudly in every, in our action, in your actions, right? Uh, Thank you for saying that. (laughs) I I hope so. Uh, But you know, Mary, uh, getting back to your question about how my family was um, reacting to, to that decision, it was not easy because I was very much um, bond emotionally with my father. And I, I was feeling this uh, responsibility. I had this weight on my shoulder that I should help him in the company because he has uh, done everything for us. And my brother was in Canada. Uh, he was obviously out of the company and I was feeling this way that I should be the one who run the company alongside with him. Uh, so I had to overcome a lot of emotional stuff mm-hmm. and decide whether I want to make a big change, face the change, embrace the change and overcome all the challenges. Or I want to stay in the current situation that is not what I want. 
So it, it was not an easy decision. And um, of course, it was a lot of pressure on my family and on, on, on my father, especially, uh, and my mom, especially my, uh, also my husband's family. They had um, their own problems. They, um, they, my husband is their only son and my, um, my son is their only grandson. So, and, and they, they, they are very bond together. So it was not an easy decision for me or for my husband, but we decided to do it because we made a decision that we want to change everything. Mm -hmm. Our job, the country that we are living, the people that we are working with, uh, the community, everything. And when it comes to making a positive impact, um, I, I, I must say I love my home country. I love Iran. I love uh, Iranian people. And at the same time, I think making a positive impact, it, it is not limited to a certain place or certain mm -hmm. ethnic or certain group of people. We are all human. And if I can impact someone's life, that's awesome. That's the purpose of life. It doesn't matter if she or he is Iranian or from another country or from, a, from another ethnic back, background. It doesn't matter. We are all human. And if I can be more impactful here, why not? It is my responsibility to do that. Right. One of the things I was wondering about is, um, you know, I mean, family would be really, really tough, but we're sort of geared or are hardwired to grow up and, and kind of develop our own lives separate from our parents. So maybe that, that analogy of, of, you know, leaving home um, and breaking free, leaving the nest is, is something that we're hardwired to do. But what was the pull like from your friends? Did they all think you were crazy? Because sometimes our friends can be the worst influence on us at all. And it's, it's kind of selfish on their part because they don't want to lose you or they're fearful for you or, you know, maybe they're, they're a tad jealous because they don't have the intestinal fortitude or the courage to be as brave as you. So what was the pull like from your friends? Well, uh, my friends who were back home, uh, they were supportive, although they didn't want to uh, lose me in a way of <laughs> living in the same country, but they were supportive. Uh, some other friends, uh, when, when I came to Canada and I started all over again, some friends were thinking, why are you doing this? Why are you starting from zero again in, in another industry starting uh, from scratch? You can find a very good job in a chemical uh, industry because I had uh, 17 years of experience uh, in chemical industry. I knew a lot of uh, international companies who already have uh, their offices here in Toronto. So some of them were thinking... I, I must be crazy. I'm starting all over again while I can continue the previous path. Uh, and, it, and I should say that it was not an easy decision. It took mm -hmm. me a few months. Um, I, when I came here, I started sending resumes to some chemical companies. 
And I was thinking to myself, if they call me and they tell me, come for an interview, and then they say, okay, you're hired, what would I feel? And I realized that this is not something what I want. I don't mm-hmm. want to go back in chemical industry. Not, nothing wrong with that industry. It's, it's amazing. A lot of things that we use on a daily basis coming from chemists and chemical <laughs> industry. But yes. that was not for me. Right. So I decided, okay, I'm here in Canada starting all over again. Why should I continue the previous past? Uh, why shouldn't I find what I like? And the problem was that I didn't know what I like. Oh, that's a big question for a lot of people. And that that keeps them rooted in their fear, if you will, because they're afraid of jumping into something that they don't like and leaving something they did like. So it's a big decision. You had some time to work through that. And how did you manage to figure out what it was that you wanted to do? Uh, Well, that's, that's a great question. You know, um, I, I believe in growth, as I told you earlier. So I was putting myself in a growth environment. Mm-hmm. I was um, going to different meetups, meeting different people, going to networking events, going to paid events, to, to meet different people, to hear different things. So um, like I, I, I can say three times per week I was at different events. Just hearing so many things, learning about how uh, people look at the world, what they do, what are the options. And it, it took me some time to realize that, that, that I'm very much um, into coaching and training and teaching. So it took me some time to understand that. And sometimes I was thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm, it's been like three years in Canada. I haven't started anything really seriously. I, I was working, of course, like 10 hours per day. But still, I was thinking that I, I am not on, in a right path. And sometimes uh, we have the tendency to beat ourselves. So I was beating myself. I'm wasting time. What the heck? I'm 40 years old. What is happening here? When should I learn what to do? And then I would calm myself down. Okay. So sometimes you're going to find out. Sometimes it's not the friends that give us the hardest time, is it? It's true. Sometimes we are our worst enemy. And I was super good at it <laughs> at some point of time. <laughs> I think that makes you a member of a big club. we That's what we excel at. And it keeps us from reaching out. But how wonderful that you were willing to learn, to go out and have those conversations and take the time to discover. You know, some people are afraid to get out there and to meet and mingle with other people. Did you find that difficult? Uh, honestly, yes. It, it was difficult because I was, because of so many re- reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, um, most of us have fear of rejection. Yes. And, and, and that's a big fear. For me, obviously, fear of rejection was there. On top of that... English is not my first language. So I had to make sure that I don't make a fool of myself (laughs) or 
um, I was not very familiar with the with the Canadian culture, how people mingle here. Mm -hmm. So it was a learning curve, uh, but I was willing to pay the price. Um, I, I made a lot of mistakes. I, I have said so many silly things, and I still do, I'm sure. Don't we all. Um, <laughs> Don't we all. I mean, you, you think maybe language is, in, is a... Um, not an excuse, but a reason why it gets more complicated. But I've heard a lot of ridiculously silly things being said by people who are born and raised in the culture that they, they're in. And still, which it makes, like you said, makes us human that, you know, you persevered. And so that's a great quality to have is the fact that you're able to say, okay, maybe I'm not perfect. And you forgave yourself and moved on. And realize it, it's all learning opportunities, right? And so what are you showing your son other than, you know, life can be difficult, but you do it anyway? Yes, exactly. That's that's what I think. And um, sometimes he likes it. Sometimes <laughs> he doesn't. But, but that's okay. Sometimes he tells me, Mom, could you please stop listening to these success videos? Because you want to... <laughs> <laughs> you want to apply all of that on me and you know he, he's funny it sounds like he's got his mom's sense of humor <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's really terrific mara that you were able to um you know learn through other people like there's so much wisdom out there but we don't tend to ask for it some people are I, I, I don't know, they wear this this coat like they have to know everything and they're afraid to say, oh, I didn't know that or tell me a little bit about that. But, you know, they think, I don't know, maybe there's a certain age that we get to that we think we're supposed to have it all together and we're afraid to admit that we don't. Um, you took a great big step. But for people who are day by day, not not really changing anything as drastically as you did, but just to realize that they aren't happy and have no idea what to do about it. You had some extra motivations, that's for sure. But living a happy life should be the number one motivation that kind of kicks our butt and makes us look at other options. What would you say to people? You've talked about wanting to go in, you know, you are a coach. So what would you say to somebody who's you know, approaching 50 and saying, you know, I just don't feel that I'm happy in life and I don't know what to do with myself. What kind of tips would you give them, although they haven't had the kind of experiences you've had? Uh, well, that's a great question. Um, before I answer that, I would like to tap into a little bit about how our mind works. <laughs> well, uh, the way that the way we see the world is coming from so many different things. We have tons of filters in our, in our head, in our mind that, mm -hmm. uh, that creates our world. So let's say the way that I see the world now is coming from my previous experiences, my childhood, um, my younger ages, uh, the culture that I was brought up in the environment so many things so mm -hmm. if if a person looks at the word and doesn't like what she is seeing 
and she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to change. What I recommend them is that to take a look at the filters they have. And for this, I recommend them to seek help. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine. This is what I have done with uh, different counselors, uh, with um, NLP training and NLP um, breakthrough. I had a lot of uh, limiting beliefs. I had a lot of negative emotion that I was carrying with myself from, from the past. And that was the reason that I was so hard on myself, mm-hmm. so bitter, so unhappy. And I really didn't know what to do. But when I, um, when I start seeking help and learning about how the mind works, I realized that oh my God, everything is happening here. This is what I should fix. (laughs) That's a good point. How we look at things is really important because that's what fosters our viewpoint of the world and our perspectives and what we are um, thinking is possible. I mean, you you can't have possibility thinking and limiting beliefs at the same time. Would you agree? Totally. Because when we have limiting beliefs, we do not see the opportunities. The opportunities are there, but we are not able to see that. And when we have negative emotions, we look ourselves down, we think we are not enough, then we don't have the motivation to get up, to Mm -hmm. act, to make a difference. And I'm telling you, I had a lot of that. I was carrying a lot of negative emotion, a lot of limiting beliefs because the environment that I was brought up in uh, was was not the best environment. At that time, when I was a child, um, my home country was in war. Mm -hmm. And growing up in, in that situation was tough. Every day we were hearing about people who we know that they lost their lives Mm -hmm. and so many things so many basic things uh, was a scarce we didn't have too many options and at some point of time when um, the two involved countries in and the war were bombing each uh, other cities so we didn't know if we sleep tonight, will, will we wake up the next morning? That's or no, terrifying. we didn't know. That's pretty terrifying. It is horrifying. Yeah. It, it is. So like, like children uh, practice, uh, uh, practice here in, in Canada, I forgot the word, uh, lockdown. They, they okay. practice lockdown in school. Yes. Uh, yeah. This is, everybody here, children know that this is a play and this is a practice. But for us, that was the reality. We had to go um, to, the, to the special shelters that was underground because we hear from the radio that the, the airplanes are coming to bomb us. Yes. So we had to go to those shelters running to save our lives going to shelters because we didn't know probably that bomb would fall under our roof, on our roof. Certainly explains why you would be growing up saying that you were serious. 
life was a serious matter. Uh, in life and death, you were dealing with all the time. You know, I, I'm sorry that that has been your experience in the past. And I look at you and I see a beautiful young woman with a nice smile and, and a, you know, you laugh. And, and what, a, what a transition from where you've been to where you are. And I don't mean to make light of it, but there, I think there might be some people who would say, well, obviously she's going to make a change. Obviously she's motivated to, to you know, give up what was and look for something better moving forward. Um, I don't have that problem. I mean, I, I grew up in a fairly okay life and, you know, things were pretty happy and, you know, my, like things aren't bad right now. It's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not under any oppression. I've got freedom of choice. I can come and go as I please. So, you know, I'm not happy, but does that make me a whiner? I just, maybe I should just shut up and just do what I'm doing. And yet inside feeling sad, unhappy, and knowing that when they get old, they might have regrets. How do you how do you say to somebody your reason for looking to be happy is as important as anyone else's? Well, I believe that all of us have some kind of issue, some kind of uh, limiting belief, negative emotion, and this is some kind of dropping the ball if we. If we say that, oh, of course she can do that, but I can't. Mm -hmm. This is just being irresponsible because everybody has something. Mm -hmm. Everybody has something. There, there, there is no fairy life on this planet for anyone. Yeah. So, so everybody has something, but the only thing that can help a person is a personal choice. And Mary, let me tell you something. When I decided to immigrate to Canada, um, life in terms of status and uh, income was really good back home. Mm -hmm. So it even makes this choice harder because I had to leave um, the status that I had. Um, I was making good money in our family business. And a lot of people not my friends, but like um, family members, people who are not very close, they were thinking, oh, she must be crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, she has, she is running a almost big company, uh, 100 people working in her company, and she is the boss. She must be crazy to leave that behind and start from scratch in another country. Um, and, and probably they, they were right from their perspective. But for me, the most important thing was not the status, was not the income, was how I feel about myself, how I feel about my life. Mm -hmm. So uh, you don't have to uh, have the, the same, you don't have to have the same experience as extreme as I did. I think if you're not happy, that's big enough for you to be a motivation to get up and make a change. And I'm, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, it's, it's not an easy decision. Uh, along the way, you, uh, you might think, okay, now what? What should I do? What makes me happy? I, I even don't know that. 
Yeah. And I, I was, I was in that situation at some point of time, but I real uh, realized that if I want to keep myself motivated, I should uh, celebrate my small wins. I should validate my small wins. It doesn't matter if I'm not making a whole lot of money at this moment, but I am doing what I love. I am getting closer to uh, my dream life every day. So every day I um, started practicing tapping on my shoulder. Good girl, you did a good job. Oh, excellent. So Mara, we're just about out of time. It's amazing how fast it goes when uh, we have a great conversation going. But tell us about your business that you started from scratch. You took time, you developed, you researched, you, you really spoke to your inner being to find out what your purpose was that would make you happy. What are you doing today? Tell, tell our listeners and our viewers um, the kinds of things that you do and, and what you're all about as far as running your business now. Now, do share with us what that's all about. For sure. I'll be happy to. Uh, back home, my husband had uh, an advertising agency. So when we came to Canada, he said he decided that he wants to do the same thing and he doesn't want to work some for someone else. So and it, and it was tough as as a new immigrant. Uh, you don't know so many people right. and you don't know the culture. Uh, it is it is not easy to get clients, but uh, we decided to do it together. So I joined him, and um, he he is an excellent photographer and graphic designer. He also does video production. So we started working together, and um, along the way, I realized that I love teaching and coaching people and making a difference mm-hmm. in their business. So um, I decided to be a brand coach. I, I did my designation in coaching, of course. And um, I, I know about marketing because in chemical industry, I was in sales and marketing for nine years. So I decided to combine the experience in marketing with coaching and branding and what my husband does and um, have a branding agency. So today, um, our company, SmartShot, uh, is a branding agency. And what we do, we help small to medium-sized business owners with their brand strategy, knowing um, who they should target, uh, who is their competitor, having the right brand message. And then we help them with graphic design, professional photography, and video production. So your coaching is very much wrapped up into a a business element as well as do you do life coaching? No, actually, I don't do life coaching. Um, I do brand coaching. I I help entrepreneurs to take their business to the next level Mm -hmm. uh, because it is super fulfilling for me to see that someone can make more money because of uh, the services that I have provided, and they can provide for their family. Right. So it's really fulfilling for me. Excellent, excellent. Well, it sounds like you found your calling, and you look like you have um, enriched yourself 
as far as making a change as much as it was difficult and you know had you some issues with emotional with background with country with culture uh and then to get to the place where um most important of all uh better health good health and so mara thank you so much for sharing all of that with with me today and i i I recognize that you as a role model that you will be able to speak to many people. And I certainly hope that you will tell your story back home in Iran and, you know, your family will spread that story. And it's not just a matter of having to leave your country, but it's a matter of recognizing that, you know, we have one life to live and to live it fully. And, and of course, that's, that's so in sync with what I'm trying to do. And I appreciate you being a real live example for this show to let people know that, um, yes, you don't want to be that ancient person sitting and saying, you know, if only I had done whatever. So thank you for being an achiever. Thank you for doing all of that and sharing it with me today. So Mara Alipur, thank you so much. I wish all the success for you going forward for you and your husband and your son. And again, thank you so much for being here today. So again, I would just like to thank our, our listeners and viewers today. I'm Mary McCartney. This is your host. Um, I am your host of Don't Die Before You're Dead. And dare to live the life you were meant to live because it's yours to do. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>